brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sipping time. It is definitely sipping time here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. along with the crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we thank you for choosing to listen to us. What What are the, your other choices here on the dial tonight? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, infomercial on uh, the best way to uh, heat up cheese whiz. <laughs> Ancient Hungarian basket weaving. <laughs> Something or, like that. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts here at the table, good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table is good old gal Juliana. Hey, guys. And joining us uh, remotely today is uh, good old boy Harmeet. I I don't even know what to say, man. I should be asleep. <laughs> it's two in the morning. <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> and also joining us is good old boy Bob. Good to be here. So, uh, Bob and Harmeet are joining us from uh, the Fort Lauderdale area, and uh, Bob is part of a, a group called Bourbon Mafia. He's a, he's a made man. He knows people who knows people who know people in Japan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, Harmeet just sits around and harasses people about the liquor industry all day long, right? Yeah, I, my my job is to push the stuff for the bourbon mafia. I'm there. I'm a distribution channel. <laughs> You're one of the people that would know. Yeah. yeah. Well, our sub segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. Today's episode is going to all about be Japanese whiskey. Konnichiwa to all of our listeners about the Japanese whiskey. We have several products to go over today. Plus, we'll be speaking really bad Japanese, as I just did there as a prime example, and focusing on offending an entire culture of people. Hi! Hi! Okay. Hi. <laughs> I was going to thank you for having us back on the show, and uh, now I realized the topic and the accents we'll be doing. And <laughs> they want to back out now. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if it's available right off the bat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, domo arigato for joining us uh, on this episode. <laughs> so, this episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Fine Spirits Wine and Liquor. Check out the Enomatic machines to sample great products by the glass, including a great selection of bourbon and whiskey. You can reach them online at www.finespirits.net. N-E-T. Juliana is going to get the honors of coming over our Sips ratings for today. So, we'll be tasting and discussing these whiskeys and rating them with the Sips ratings, plus our signature sounds. Are we going to be rating how we're insulting the Japanese culture as well? That as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just just do it in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Big numbers. We don't dislike them, we're just ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. A group of guys shamed trying to get along. (laughs) Here are those ratings now. Number one, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Water. That guy's not Japanese. 
Number two. He's always bringing the water. <laughs> he doesn't get to bring anything else. It's horrible. There is our model. There it is. There it is. <laughs> no country that's from. <laughs> always bring the whiskey to wash the whiskey out of your mouth. The bad whiskey. <laughs> Number two. Nice, but what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Number three. Hmm, interesting. What was that again? Interesting. That was not somebody from Japan. Mm-mm. Number four. Let's keep this a secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Number five. Oh my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 Oh yeah, we're uh, definitely going to be in uh, a lot of trouble today um, as we're uh, combining whiskey and a foreign culture, and I get to butcher and mispronounce just about everything. Plus, I'm in charge of the soundboard, so I can <laughs> I can screw everything up. We can blame everything. I can on blame you. everything Every sound back. So. <laughs> That's right. You are uh, listening to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. And if you didn't catch what she was saying, she was just saying, you suck at speaking Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, listening to our uh, Japanese speakers. We uh, go through the Japanese whiskeys for today. Um, We really have a a really great show lined up. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some background about Japanese whiskey. Um, then we're going to get right into actually tasting five really great products uh, today. Um, <clears throat> a really great lineup. So here are the products we're going to be tasting today. I'm going to be butchering every single one of these. So please laugh hard and often, okay? Okay. Uh, so uh, the first one is uh, Hakashu 12. Hakashu shu? Hakashu. 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 <laughs> yeah, just right off the bat. <laughs> Nika <laughs> Takasuru, a 17-year-old. Togoichi, Togochi, 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 18-year-old. Yeah, just again. <laughs> yeah, good try. Yamazaki, 12-year-old. I think I nailed that one. That, yeah, that, that one, I'm just going to... Do gonna, you have an applause button? I'm, you need the applause I do. I, I'm going to declare I'm gonna t- declare victory over that one right off the bat. So, you know. Oh, you just declared victory over the Japanese again. Uh. <laughs> and Yoichi, uh, 10-year-old. That's... Uh, I got that one, too. So, <clears throat> how about that? So, um, those are the uh, five products that I've butchered. We'll list these on our website, so you won't have to uh, interpret it too hard so bob uh you're up first to give us some background on today's show and i uh, want to make sure that we're tossing it to you properly so uh, i'm going to make sure she tells you to take it away bob there you go bob there you go uh there are many people in the world who don't realize that the japanese produce their own single malt and blended whiskeys and in fact japan is the world's third largest producer of whiskeys behind the scots and the americans they even beat the irish uh, the popularity of Japanese whiskey has grown to the wider international audience since uh, Japanese whiskey first won a major award in 2001. Uh, following this, Japanese whiskeys have won two of the most prestigious titles in the World Whiskey Awards in 2008. Uh, the Oichi 20-year-old won Best Single Malt, and the Hibiki 30-year-old won the ble- uh, Best Blended Whiskey. Don't forget about uh, Whiskey Bibles 
2015 yep. award. Yep, and the Whiskey Bible 2015. Was huge, huge news when that one came in, number one World Whiskey of the Year. Uh, these were the first Japanese whiskeys to win such a prize, and uh, the results sent shockwaves around the world. Um, as far as the history of Japanese whiskey, uh, Japan has a relatively short history uh, when making whiskey compared to Scotland and America and Ireland. It does, however, offer almost 90 years of history since the foundation of the first single malt distillery at Yamazaki in 1923. The early part of Japanese whiskey's history is largely the same as that of the Yamazaki distillery itself. Uh, Yamazaki's founder, Shinjiro Tori, uh, sent one of his students, let me try and get this one, Makitsaka Takatsuru, to Scotland after the end of the First World War. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, his mission was to get information and experience and learn everything that he could about the Scottish whiskey industry as possible. And after three years in Scotland and working at several distilleries, Takatsuro returned to put his knowledge into practice and to build the Yamazaki. Uh, He later went on. I'm still trying to figure out how this conversation went down. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. um, okay, so the war is over now. Now, what is it that you're going to go do? Uh, We're going to send you, yeah. We want you to go to Scotland and figure out how to make booze. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, it's it just the skill set. It just didn't translate between the two. I'm still trying to figure out the continuity of it's It's like, did he win a bet or did he lose a bet? You know, <laughs> just still trying to figure he, he, that out. He brought thing. back one of he brought back one of the Scottish chicks as his wife. So there you go. Well, I, I think won. that is yep. totally it. I think our and he totally miscegenated it. just like me. <laughs> oh my uh, that's that's horrible. <laughs> I tell you, I love the blonde women. I've been married to two of them already. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, you're right. It was probably about a, a girl. That's of it. <clears throat> a redhead, no less. Yeah, uh, uh, probably. Pretty I'm much everything in life is about a girl. So. I agree. I agree. <laughs> a, so a girl and whiskey. He won. Mm-hmm. You know. So <laughs> in the won. absence of actually knowing the real history, we're going to just make it up, and it sounds yep. plausible. Yep. It's all about the girl. Of course. You know what Charlie Sheen would say? Winning. (laughs) (laughs) What scotch? (laughs) I'm sorry. Interrupted Uh, me there, Bob. Let's see. Where was I? Uh, Japanese industry uh, started booming in the 70s and the 80s when sales of imported whiskey were increasing massively. Numerous new distilleries were built, and some sake distilleries and companies also converted to making whiskey in order to meet the demand. By the end of the 80s, the whiskey industry in Japan was struggling, and a number of distilleries were closed. The main contributing factors blamed for the slump were the increasing cheapness and availability of imported whiskeys from Scotland, Ireland, and the USA, combined with a hike in the Japanese alcohol tax. Uh, This made the Japanese whiskeys very expensive in comparison to the overseas competitors and the sales crash. Today, the demand for Japanese whiskey is growing again. Uh, This is mostly in the export markets, as taxes are still high in the Japanese market, and it's flooded with the cheaper foreign imported whiskeys. Though the winning winning of major whiskey awards, the reputation of the Japanese whiskey has grown, and more people are drinking it now than ever. Japanese whiskey contributes to 5% of all world whiskey sales, meaning that one in every 20 bottles of whiskey sold is Japanese. Uh, This helps to decide. Nice with the math there. I like that. This helps to sustain eight operating whiskey distilleries, including the original Yamazaki and Chichibu, and the first new distillery in Japan since the 70s, which uh, opened in 2008. Hmm. And Harb's going to tell us a little bit more. Why me? <laughs> Why me? Well, Harmy, I, actually, I've see, not been to in order to do that math, we used a vast array of people that were not from Alabama. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come, nice. what, come up Low, with that. So. Roll time. Damn. 
Yeah, banned once again. <clears throat> you were going to tell us about uh, what makes Japanese whiskey different. Well, um, they're different and they're the same. You know, each distillery has its own style at, for maturing whiskey, and, and they still follow the, the traditional me- methods that they practice in Scotland. Uh, it's it's really hard to generalize about all the uh, the ways they do it. That, but here's some things. It's it's whiskey is distilled twice, just like in Scotland. They use pot stills, just like in Scotland. Malted barley is also used. Most of it's also imported from Scotland. Some of that stuff is peated. Uh, some of the barley comes from Australia. They use American oak and uh, bourbon casks, just like the Scottish do. Um, they import casts from Scotland. They import casts from America. They import casts from sherry casts from Spain. Uh, I met with the founder of uh, I'm sorry, not the founder, the the master distiller of Nika, the current master distiller uh, last year, and he was telling me the travails they've had with the different companies in Spain, thinking, oh, the Japanese know nothing about uh, Spanish casks, and we can sell them the, the the horrible ones and and the the you know the the legal ramifications of that and everything they went through. So they. They, uh, they they actually take very good care in sourcing their casks and the stuff they buy from America. Is, you know, we we sell a lot of them the uh, virgin oak, so they can't mess with that. Hmm. Uh, the Japanese climate is very similar. Oh, you know, I forgot. There's another there's another type of uh, cask they use. It's the Mizunara cask from Japanese oak hmm. that has a very tight grain, gives a different flavor characteristic. Uh, they have a climate similar more to more to Kentucky and Tennessee in America than Scotland. So with the hot summers and, and cold winters, you've got these great extremes, and uh, it makes the maturation of the whiskey a little bit faster. That's right. Works the- She's saying work that wor- that wood, baby. That's what that does with all those temperature <laughs> changes. That, is, this is, is that appropriate for NPR? Uh, <laughs> for XPRX? Yeah, sure. You bet. Yeah, why not? Uh, she said it. We're talking about the wood, man. <laughs> the, the wood. It's all good. Yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah, of? what are you thinking? <laughs> My people wrote the Kama Sutra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? What are we all thinking about? <laughs> all right. So anyway, due to these the temperature cl- differences, the it you got that faster maturation, and it really shows the American wood very well. You know that big jap, the big vanilla flavors from the American toasted oak comes out, and uh, because they innovate a lot more, they have a broad broad range of flavors. They don't have they're not tied in tradition like the Scottish are. Let me tell you, it's kicking and dragging them to change things in Scotland. Uh, they've had a lot of uh, Scottish uh, whiskey makers who wanted to innovate and get slapped down by the single malt whiskey society. For the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Well, laddie, it's been working for the last 300 years or longer, way before your ancestors are even uh, thinking about doing something different. So why are you going to be changing on us, eh? That's right. That's right. And where'd you have the lucky charms? <laughs> right. They're magically delicious. Yeah. That Kama Sutra thing you were talking about, is it? That tender- <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the Japanese Yeah, stuff. right. <laughs> So, uh, much like the Kama Sutra, there's different... No, I'm sorry. There's, they use different... <laughs> oh, there's lots of different <laughs> they, they, they also do other things differently in Japan. They use different shaped stills. They, they, they don't... They're tied to using the pot shaped still, pot stills. They'll also use coffee stills, you know, the continuous distillation columns. They uh, experiment with different types of cask maturations. And this is the most important part, really. The jet, whereas the Scottish whiskey guys will make a bunch of different... Uh, 
batches and, and casks, and they will trade whiskey among themselves. Japanese are a little bit more uh, shrewd about this. They don't want to trade whiskey with their competitors. So instead of, uh, you know, let's say McAllen and Highland Park getting together and making a famous grouse or, uh, or something like that, or... Or uh, are Glen Morangy selling some casks? Do they still sell casks, Bob? Yeah, I believe. They, yeah, to, to a private bottler. So, yeah, so, like, some of them are cut, I, cutting I down. Independent bottlers are buying it from from all the. Yeah, stores. I don't think they do a whole lot of that in in, uh, in Japan, though. No, yeah. they stopped doing it in Japan. Yeah. They don't. They, they never actually really did it. So instead of uh, them, you know, one distillery making one specific style. They innovate with different experiments with different casks. Not as crazy as Buffalo Trace, I think. It was just they were overboard. But different cask styles and different uh, even peat levels and, and uh, temperatures of distillation. They, they, they make several different whiskeys. So one, like Nika may make 15 to 30 different types of whiskey just in-house hmm. and then blend those. Wow. <clears throat> so, uh, Bob, I know that you and I were talking uh you know a little bit about you know the japanese whiskey and you know i really enjoyed this conversation that we kind of had about the actual peat from japan because that was one of the things that i kind of learned you know through researching this episode was i i thought that they were actually importing the scotch into japan um and maturing it in japan so i really thought that everything was fired in scotland and they were shipping things over because I'm like, well, how can you get this incredible peaty flavor? And you said, it's their own. Yeah, well, I mean, it, they still, I think, the vast majority of the peat that they're using, um, they're, you know, they're buying from malt houses in Scotland that are smoking there. But there are some distilleries that have been experimenting with doing their own. And you know, you got to remember, peat is something that you can find, you know, in a lot of places all over planet Earth. I mean, here in Florida, the Everglades is basically filled with it. But the, th the interesting thing about peat is, is it's you know it's terroir. It's it's like dealing with wine. It's very different the peat there than it is anywhere else in the world. It's very different the peat on Isla as opposed to the peat in the Highlands. Yeah, the different areas of Scotland, the peat is different than it is anywhere else in the world as well. So when they're experimenting and using the peat in Japan, it doesn't just add that you know smoky flavor that you you know it, it adds it but it, it it's a different smoky flavor yeah it's, it's entirely different there <clears throat> juliana and i are sitting here nodding our heads because we've actually done a couple of shows on different regions of scotland and um yeah i mean uh definitely uh there's a lot of characteristic um of the of the peat you know itself mm -hmm. a lot of the ingredients have a lot of variation uh, in various regions, you know, for Scotland. And definitely Isla is definitely probably the most distinctive elements. Oh, she's swooning over here. <laughs> so um, the big deal of the decade was was the one where $13.6 billion is what Suntory Holding paid for Jim Beam. Now, we actually have... Uh, uh, some of their products uh, here today, which is the uh, Haku Hakushu, and uh, they actually make the Yamazaki uh, brand as well, uh, which we uh, have in our lineup today. I mean, that's just incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a lot of money for Gem Beam. That's what she said. So I I'm curious what you guys think about this move. You know, was this a good thing for the industry or bad or... That's a lot of money. That's I let me jump in here. 
uh, from the, my side, just the retail equation, most Americans don't know and don't care. I do have a, a couple people who said, oh, Jim Beam's owned by a Japanese now, and is it going to be the same? Well, it probably will be the same. I don't think they went in there to buy Jim Beam to change it. They bought it to add to their portfolio. They've, what they really bought was a distribution channel in the United States to increase their distribution of the Japanese whiskeys. But uh, another thing is, if they do come in and change it, it may be for the better, because Bowmore almost went extinct because they were making crappy whiskey for a long time. And the Japanese bought it and they fixed it. Mm-hmm. And Bowmore is back on top. It's beautiful whiskey. They fixed yeah. Akintoshin in the yeah. Lowlands. Hmm. I used to dislike Lowland whiskey intensely because of the style. And uh, just cleaning up the distillation process and the, the quality of the barrels brought a, a beautiful whiskey to the fore again. And the Japanese can take credit for that. Yeah. Uh, Hiring the right people, getting the right training. There's, you know, there's international investment in whiskeys all over the world from all over the world. Uh, you know, Four Roses is, is is owned by Kieran Brewery. Before Kieran bought it, I believe it was wasn't owned by Campari. Um, you know, a lot of different distilleries in different countries are owned by large corporations in countries entirely different from them, and you know, it, it doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. Uh, a lot of times, when you've got those deep pockets, it helps them to actually, you know, take some of the load off and helps them to continue making the whiskey they're making. Like Harm said, they're not going to buy it and go, well, they're selling, you know, a billion bottles of Jim Beam all over planet Earth every year. Let's go in and screw this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's change it and make it taste like something entirely different, you know, like new Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't uh, know. I've seen worse. I've seen... Uh, I've seen people do stuff like that, you know, with even oh, yeah. with that much money involved, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and you definitely have uh, some very large player uh, players, you know, like Diageo, um, that are already have you know tremendous uh, international holdings. Uh, the recent deal that went down between uh, Bacardi and uh, for Angels Envy. Yeah. Um, you know, you know Bacardi, Diageo. There's rumors now that there's a Brazilian billionaire who wants to buy them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now their stock is shooting up. Yep. Oh wow. So went up, up ten points on Friday. <clears throat> so uh, I mean, so these uh, uh, exchanges and large sums of money, you know, is not always just for the brand. There's definitely, you know, uh, like Harmeet was saying that sometimes it is about uh, distribution access or into you know assets um, that are on U.S. soil. I think in this case, I think having a distillery, you know, on U.S. soil for uh access for the japanese i think is a big deal as well um you know they'd be able to uh actually you know manufacture their product you know right on u.s soil um as opposed to importing it as well i'd I'd have a real problem with that you know i would too Um, would you get still get to call it japanese whiskey yeah that's exactly right well since you know we don't have a lot of food laws um here in the u.s uh that would really restrict them you know from doing something like that um yeah, we've seen a lot of strange things like that happen, you know, where manufacturing's moved around just for the sake of saving, you know, on supply chain money as well as, you know, uh, skirting around tax and import laws. Uh, I, sure. I think you have an, you have another show coming up uh, with International Whiskeys, but uh, I think Bob can talk about that. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> let's move along here. we got a little bit more information. So Juliana has the fun fact on Japanese whiskey. Ooh, the fun fact. So, whiskey yep. with an E, whiskey without the E. e. What's going on e. there? Me. <laughs> um, 
So, as Japanese whiskey has so much in common with Scottish whiskeys rather than the Irish or American varieties, its name follows the Scottish tradition and spells it without the E. Oh, man. What is up with that? <laughs> e is completely extraneous. Silent. <laughs> what, does it, what do you need it for? Come on. It's just filler. There's a, there's a Y at the end of that word. That's, you don't say whisk Y. It's whiskey. <laughs> It is kind of extra. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't understand this language of yours. It's messing me up. It's so hard to learn. So many damn rules in and all the exceptions. There's an e and, in the, and in the mountains, there's an E. <laughs> well, I love Bob's comment about his watch. It's still the same, even though. Yeah. If, if Rolex, yeah. Is spelled, if Rolex has three E's, it's, it's still extra Rolex. Good, yeah. <laughs> the guy about three E's and two X's, right? Good, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, background discussion on Japanese whiskey so far. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. And then we'll talk about some of our tasting and rating notes on these products for today. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. In case you uh, missed what we were talking about today, it's all about uh, Japanese whiskey. So, you got RE listening TOSIPS, SUDS, and Smokes. Yeah, you're listening to Sips, Suds, and Smokes today, this Japanese whiskey episode. We're going uh, to train your robot better. She's spelling <laughs> Sips. <laughs> Well, you know. Yeah. You hire some more Japanese to work on that. One. I agree. Well, uh, we have enough Japanese whiskey now that maybe we can get some native speakers to come over and tell me, you suck at Japanese. U-S-U-C-K at the Japanese. <laughs> for sure. Well, listen, we're going to uh, talk about the products uh, that we have for today. Uh, in case you uh, forgot what we were talking about a few minutes ago, I went through the list. Here it is once again. I butchered it the first time, and I'm going to butcher it. Again, so it's a uh, Hakushushu, Hakushu, Hakushu, twelve-year-old. I did it again. Uh, Nika uh, Takasura, seventeen. Uh, Toguchi, uh, eighteen. Yamazaki, twelve. Yoichi, ten. Feel free to make up anything that you have. <laughs> just, just go straight to the website and click on the. That's click right. On the link, I actually have a laugh track and around. applause loaded here, so I, I can take care of that, Joya. So. So, uh, actually, uh, I'm up first talking about uh, uh, the first product, which is uh, Yokushu 12. Uh, she's, she's giving me no. a half buzz. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what it's called. Go for it, Harmeet. No, no, no. The, I, I didn't say I could do it better. <laughs> I just said you didn't do it right. <laughs> so, uh, this product, uh, again, is uh, actually part of uh, Centauri. Um and uh, my uh, tasting notes uh, here on uh, on Yakushu. <laughs> it's it's spelled with an H. Where do you get Yakushu? Hakushu. Oh, right. Boy. I'm, now I'm reading you my have handwriting. More with English than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going to butcher it. This is a lost cause. It is. Let's talk about the whiskey. So. Uh, this particular product, uh, you know, I thought that it had a sweet start to it. Um, 
it was a bit floral. Um, I love the finish off this. This had kind of a smoky finish to it, where some of the others, you know, the the peat or the smoke was kind of like right there. This one, it kind of snuck up on your palate, and so it was kind of a you know part of the lingering finish that was coming off this. Um, I just really I love this. Uh, probably of the flight, um, this was probably my favorite. Um, so my sips rating for Hakashu eighteen or. 12 for the Hakashu <laughs> 12 they're they're squirming in their seats is yeah. going to be a 4 <laughs> and we're done yep <clears throat> let's keep the secret to ourselves pour me another so that's uh, all I have to say is you just should enjoy another glass of that for sure well next butchering the next product is going to be Chiliana with uh, Toguchi 12 18 <laughs> I got 12, there was a 13, there was a 14, so to the woman who's going to talk about this product. Oh, pronounce it. Pronounce it a lot better than I did. Toguchi? Yeah, there yeah, you go. There it is. There okay, Toguchi, 18 year old. One out of six. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, a, list, a little interesting fun fact about this um, when I was reading up on it was that the maturation is done in an abandoned railway tunnel. Huh. So I don't huh. know if that helps the flavor at all, but I really enjoyed it this one. It makes you feel like paranoia. You can taste the paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't have a lot of tunnels down here in South Florida. They tend to fill with water. <laughs> <laughs> and lawyers. We, we call them pools. Yeah. <laughs> Same with basements. We don't have those either. Mm. So, <laughs> so um, on this, I got a lot of fruitiness and some vanilla. Um, and a very strong oak, like vanilla oak flavor. Um, but I really liked it. And it had a nice, clean finish to it. I gave this one a four. A four? That's classified. So, uh, with the uh, the Nika um, Takasuru, um, let's see... Uh, and you know, I actually uh, I went through mine a little fast, and I forgot to ask what you guys thought about you know after I actually went through my own review. So, uh, so we'll cover this one uh, first. So, um, my tasting notes around this one um, are uh, oh, <clears throat> this was uh, we were going to go with Harmeet and Bob what they thought about this one, right? No, we weren't because we weren't. they didn't have it. This was the one they. Should, they no, no, we had this. No, we, we have the. Yeah, that's what they had. This one, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had, we had an issue with shipping samples, but yep. uh, thankfully, I actually own a store where we sell some of these things. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, <laughs> great whiskeys, but uh, how about you do the Yoichi Ten first? Did, did you guys get the Yoichi Ten? Yeah, we did. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, right. we were talking about the. Uh, Nika Takasuru, uh, I'm sorry, the Togochi. Uh, Togochi. Togichi yeah, 18, get, yeah. So here's some of my tasting notes around that. Um, you know, I thought, uh, I wrote down Smokey and Pete right up front. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> kind of balanced. Uh, I thought it had a, a, a great finish off of it. It was not hot. Some of these were actually a little um, hot on the tongue, and this was... Uh, this one and the one that I just read, the Hakushu, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. 
A thorn. Aku shoe. I'm going to get through it. No Probably shoe. Probably not. Just anyway, shoe. This was a gr- sip more scotch. Or <laughs> sip more whiskey yeah. and add syllables. If I say it louder syllables. and often, it will still, I'll still screw it up. Anyway, um, yeah, I really thought this had a, a good balance to it. Um, and I don't think that, that was necessarily a component of age. I just, I really thought that this was uh, probably one of the better products that we've tasted uh, from the Japanese whiskey. So, my sips rating for the, don't, I mean, you say it. Toguchi. Right. <laughs> it's a four as well. That's <laughs> uh, So, uh, two, uh, two rounds. So, the first product, I want to go back to the uh, Hakushu. Um, I didn't actually ask you guys you know for your tasting notes around that product so what you guys think about that one and your sips rating Juliana. oh okay um i liked it. it to me it was a little hot though and i got like cinnamony smoke on it um but i thought it was a really interesting um whiskey to drink and um i gave this one a three though huh interesting interesting so did you pick up on any of that sweet essence you know kind of on the front end of that at all i did but it was more cinnamony sweet to me than it was just sweet if that makes any sense yeah sure uh harmine i think you had some tasting notes on this one correct yeah yeah i um i didn't love it uh you know the nose i got the citrus and the pear and a little plum i i'm not I like really smoky whiskey, so I guess I'm maybe a little bit insensitive to that smoke and peat you keep talking about because I'm an I like Isla, and this is nothing like that. I mean, this is more like a Highland in that style. There's very little peat and smoke for that for me, at least in my my opinion. Also, it could be I'm I'm defective. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there was there was <laughs> there was some malted barley and some smoke, and and the finish was uh, you know pretty long for a twelve year old, but I. And I just didn't. It didn't hit hit on all cylinders for me. And then I had some water to it, and the water didn't do anything to it either. So I, I really, I, you gave it a four. I gave it a two. Hmm. Sorry. Well, isn't that nice? So maybe it was uh, this one is so very different than you know so many of the others. Maybe that was just kind of refreshing, you know, to my own palate. Um, and uh, I, I maybe that's why I was giving it mm-hmm. an elevated rating, just because it didn't have that one note smoky peaty tasting like eight other you know japanese whiskeys i don't know um i i really did like it though um bob did you have any tasting notes on the uh hakushu um hakushu hakushu there you go three syllables yep, yeah. thank you uh i'm teachable <laughs> yeah I, basically i came up with the same things that harm did you know it, it very light on the nose uh pear plum citrus fruit um very very light mouthfeel I, I could barely detect the, just the slightest bit of smoke um queen queen uh you know not a, a cluttered palate but uh just you know not a lot there um the water i thought helped it a little but not anything significant um you know, slightly dry finish on the mouth, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of citrus. Uh, it's it's not horrible, but it's, you know, not the first thing I'd grab off the shelf. I I, I gave it a three. Wow. A really split panel on this. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So the next product that we have up, I'm not going to get these wrong anymore, guys. Trust me. I know I just all right. them all, yeah, all sure. the place. Yeah. So, sorry. 
You can do this, Mike. Yep. You can do this. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Yoichi 10, and Harmeet is going to cover that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, Yoichi, Yoichi 10. Yoichi is one of the uh, distilleries owned by Nika, and uh, they make some beautiful whiskeys with Yoichi. Uh, the 10-year-old, unfortunately, is not available in Florida. This, the sample we got was from England, and I'm happy you sent it to me. Thank you. We, we have the 12 and the 15, and I'm surprised that the 10 tasted so nice. Uh, I mean, it was hot, like you were saying, but let's let me go into like from the beginning. From the nose, uh, I got that earthiness and the peatiness, but there was a, a higher, like a elevated acidity on there on the nose too, that brought out floral notes and peach and plum. And then I came back to it and I got some spice. Um, I got some vanilla going on. It was beautiful. And then when I tasted it, it, it just followed right along with the, the nose. It was the, the floral and citrus. But what really struck me was it was felt very viscous and oily. I wasn't expecting that on a 10-year-old. You know, it's like in... Uh, I, I kind of associate that with more wood, but uh, more time in the wood, but I guess maybe it's the distillation they're doing as well. Um, it was very balanced. There was a slight bit of peat on the on the palate, um, and the, the finish was creamy and and uh, good oak but then I put water in it because I do that because I'm one of those people but not an eyedropper I never use a freaking eyedropper <laughs> people who do that are pretentious <laughs> but <laughs> he uses a water balloon it's really creepy <laughs> or a syringe where did you get that he mm. uh, picks the needles up on the beaches everywhere most yeah. interesting tasting ever sitting beside her meat I'd have yeah. to say what are those so, balloons for? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, this is South Florida. Balloons here are used for completely smuggling other things, but yeah. the water balloons. <laughs> but let me tell you, the water actually added smoke to it. Adding a little bit of cold water brought up more of the smoke on the nose. Uh, I thought it was still a little bit hot, but uh, the vanilla custard really popped out with that water. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. I gave it a four. Wow, how about that? And I don't give ten year olds a four. I put ten year olds in the corner. <laughs> uh, Juliana, what do you think about uh, Yoichi Ten? You know, surprisingly, I really like this one too. Huh. Um, I got like to me, this tasted like what a Japanese Highland whiskey would be like, if that makes any sense. Um, I completely agree. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was great. I mean, surprisingly great for its age. And um, and a great finish on it, too. And, you know, like Harmeet, when I added some water, I got a little smokier, too. And I was like, ooh, this is cool. Um, and I gave this one a four. Wow, how about that? That's classified. Four. Uh, Bob, what do you think about uh, the uh, Yoichi 10? I've got to agree with, with the two of them. Uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was for a 10-year-old. Uh, the, on the nose, the earth, and the peat absolutely came through. Tropical fruit, uh, spicy, star anise, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of vanilla. Yeah, that was the spice. I couldn't put my finger on it. There wasn't on, on the palate, uh, sweet citrus, uh, the, 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 the viscosity, the, the, the almost oily viscosity to it. I mean, it was just it was glass coating and mouth coating, which you just don't get out of something that's only got 10 years. Very well balanced. Um, the finish, just a, just a nice light bit of peat, which the smoke really comes out when you add the water. Very creamy finish. Um, 
I mean, looking at it, it's it's you know it's forty five percent ABV, but it it it. it it tastes a little bit higher in alcohol than it actually is. It, it tastes a little bit bigger than it is, and it tastes a little bit older than it is. I, I gave it a four. Hmm. I'm out there at a four as well. <clears throat> and uh, so my tasting notes on Yoichi Ten, I thought it was pretty hot. Um, you know, I thought of of all everything here in the flight. I thought this was definitely um, definitely the hot alcohol. You know, uh, right up front on this. I wrote down pure peat. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, in fact, no. yeah. Um, I, I really thought um, this was something that just almost had been dumped out of the Isla, you know, for um, just really heavy, you know, peat presence up front on this. But I just couldn't get past it, you know, being hot. Um, it was not my favorite of the flight. Um, but. Uh, Still very interesting. Uh, my sips rating for Yoichi uh, 10 is a 3. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, there you have uh, three products that we've talked about so far. We will, uh, we're will. we going to take a quick break here. We'll kind of right back. we got uh, more products to talk about. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes, or as she said, You go to RE listening T-O-S-I-P-S-S-U-D-S and Smokes. You guys are low dead. She said, you're listening Translated, to... Translated, that said hello. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. And the other thing she has to say is, U-S-U-C-K at Japanese. Yeah, you yeah. suck at Japanese. That's exactly right. So... <laughs> Uh, today is an episode on Japanese whiskey, and we're uh, making fun of uh, all things in the Japanese culture at the same time. I should say we're actually making good fun of good old boy Mike, just butchering everything associated with Japanese. We're making fun of our own ignorance. That's, <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I've got two- Pikachus. I'm from <laughs> India, but I'm the ugly American today. Come yeah, on. right. I, I agree. There's a Pikachu in, in this episode somehow, <laughs> some way, you know. <laughs> We got uh, two more uh, great products to talk about uh, here in our lineup. So up next is Harmeet. He's going to talk about the Yamazaki 12. Okay. Yamazaki makes some of my favorite whiskey, and that makes some of the world's favorite whiskey. You may suck at Japanese, Mike, but the Yamaz- uh, the Japanese do not suck at whiskey. Uh, the Yamazaki 12 is actually my favorite one to show in the store. We when we put the stuff on the enematics and I say, oh, you've got a Japanese whiskey. Well, here, let me show you what to do. This is, you know, when, when people talk about how they don't drink their whiskey with water, I, I try not to make fun of them. I just point and laugh a little bit. But um, I think I'd like have, to show this one with water. I think you'd have one of these moments, uh, Harmi. Think you could break a 20? That, that's exactly it. A samurai moment every time you, I have you break every out, time, break every out time the water balloon. Every time somebody wants to put their rock glass. Yeah. <laughs> we use Glen Cairn glasses at my shop, my friend. We use Glen Cairn glasses for whiskey. We do not use rock glasses for that crap. Pinky up. Oh, you, you drink it in a mason jar. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's your people, Bob. He's from the hills. Yeah, holds a pint, okay? <laughs> 
much can you get in that little glass? All right. So, again, Yamazaki, my favorite whiskey to show with and without water. It changes so much. It's one of the most beautiful whiskeys out there. Yamazaki's 18-year-old is always in the top ten whiskeys in the world. The Yamazaki 2000... the Whiskey Bible, Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible, he, he writes the 2015 awards in November of 2014 because, you know, he's he's that influential. He can make the year change. Uh, and he gave it whiskey of the uh, best whiskey in the world, the 2013 uh, Sherry Cask. Single, sing, was it single cask? It was the Sherry yeah, Cask. Sherry. So, um, unfortunately, that one didn't come to America either, but people are bidding it up, so you can probably get that on eBay for under $1,000 right now. <laughs> the Yamazaki 12, however, you can. <laughs> is... Uh, is much more approachable under a hundred bucks too, and fantastic quality. The uh, without water, light nose, honey, floral, tropical fruit, definitely a little bit of banana coming at the end there, and it's a sweet space side with uh, and I I've, I think it's got a lot of oak. It's a kind of heavier on the oak, um, and to me it reminds me almost like a Dalmore without the water, mm-hmm. and the, the finish is a little bit short. You know, the finish is again kind of one note. Vanilla honey. Yes, we're nodding over here. When you said yeah, yeah. when you said Delmore, that's totally it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Delmore. It's it's, yeah. it's it's a big highland with a lot of oak. That's it. You add that water, and it's beautiful Speyside. Mm-hmm. It's changes. It's gorgeous. Apples and pear explode out of the glass. Banana comes in on the end of the nose. There, you taste it. The vanilla and honey linger longer on the on the palate. Uh, it's still a slightly astringent from all that twelve years in oak, but. Oh my God! It just it just it sails, and then I could just smell it all night. I could just leave that in my glass and just smell it and taste it all night, and uh, I get a, a, a five. Oh, how about that? A five? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. Amazing! Yeah. We have a five in this lineup. Uh, Juliana, what do you think about uh, Yamazaki? I have similar tasting notes to Harmi. I, especially when adding a little bit of water, it just was this beautiful, chewy space side to me. Um, you know, with the great blending of fruits and the caramel and the vanilla, it, it was, uh, and I got a little bit of that peat that I like um, in space sides. I, I just thought it was great too. And I gave this one a four. Wow. How about that? That's classified. A uh, four rating for the Yamazaki 12. Bob, what do you think about the Yamazaki 12? Uh, I loved it. Uh, I've had it many, many times. Um, it's, it's just got, it's got a beautiful nose. The the tropical fruit, the banana that just comes through, and as Harm said, when you add a little water, it just jumps out of the glass. Um, very space-side like. Um, just a, a beautiful. The the palate is just a summery, beautiful. Just like a nice, warm summer day. Uh, tropical fruit. Uh, the wood is present, but not overbearing. Um, it's got a nice finish, a uh, little bit short, but but still very nice. Honey, vanilla. I gave it a four. Wow, how about that? That's classified. A four as well. Well, my uh, tasting notes here on Yamazaki 12. Um, actually, I wanted to take another swig of this uh, for. Mm. We're taking another drink break. I'm going to try some more, too. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, <clears throat> so, well, it uh, definitely echoes yeah, because uh, the earlier tasting notes i had so kind of light peat um there's definitely a smoky presence that's there um the word the one word i wrote down was pleasing um this has just great balance you know kind of through and through and uh boy when he said uh dalmore i mean that is totally uh in the same flavor profile as this um yeah this is uh definitely uh uh that space side um 
you know, variety. Um, even uh, you mentioned some fruit, I thought, in your tasting notes, right, Hermine? Like an apple yeah, um, or a plum. When you add the water, apples and pears, without it yeah. was more of the tropical banana type yeah. stuff. Yeah, I can uh, definitely pick up uh, some of that um, this time around instead of just tasting everything back to back when I've kind of sat here with a fresh palate i'm definitely picking up you know some of the essence of that uh fruit note as well um this is really good and definitely the that key word this is pleasing to drink i really love this so uh this is a solid four all the way for me definitely that's classified great uh, great whiskey and there's good reason why the yamazaki 18 is always uh, very desirable um for sure and very expensive yeah that too what well, next is going to be Bob covering uh, Nika Takasura 17. Yep. Um, I was a little disappointed with it. Um, you know, 17 years old, I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, slightly lemony note on the nose. Uh, light spice, a little bit of wood, um, almost a, a, a leather nose to it. Uh, you can definitely tell some uh, berries, you know, sherry influence on it. Uh, the palate, a little bit of pepper, a little spice, uh, vanilla, wood, not overbearing with the wood, raisins, uh, currants, plum. Uh, when you added water to it, I got hints of almond that came out in it. Um, now the finish, nice spice, nice fruit. Uh, the, the finish dries towards the end, and you pick up a bit of a, a, bitter, a bitty, a bitter mineral notes, almost like a slaty, stony. Um, I, I gave it a three. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Like she said, interesting. Mm-hmm. Juliana, what did you think of the uh, Nika Takasuru? 12, uh, 17. Sorry. He's getting better. Oh. <clears throat> so uh, this was uh, one of the samples that uh, Harmeet has to talk about. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> You're tasting notes on the Nika Takasuru oh. 17. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. I got okay. you. I thought I thought uh, Bob was doing the thing, but that, that's fine. Um, I've been drinking too much, apparently. <laughs> I still love this. Look, uh, Nika makes great whiskey. Takatsuru is a, a pure malt. It's a blend of two different single malts. It's the Yoichi and the uh, Miyagikyo. So Miyagikyo is the northernmost distillery in Japan, or I'm sorry, the northernmost distillery that Nika owns, and Yoichi is the southernmost. Hmm. Unless I've got that backwards, because, you know, I've done the research, but I've been drinking. Okay. So where are my notes? <laughs> Who knows? I'm not quite sure. But basically, the, basically you're the using... Uh, the bell. I'm not quite <laughs> yeah, sure. thank you. <laughs> they're, taking, they're taking a northern distillery and a southern distillery, and they're making a pure malt. Now, pure malts are, you know, nothing to put your nose up on. Have you guys done a show about uh, blended malts and pure malts versus, uh, no, versus not single yet. malts? No, no. Oh, that'd be a great show to do. Yeah. But uh, basically, it's just two different single malts. There's no grain whiskey here at all. It's all malted barley. Hmm. And so you've got uh, Takatsuru makes uh, um, a, a 15-year-old, uh, a 17-year-old, and a 21-year-old. Hmm. And... They're great. I'm sorry, 12-year-old, a 17, and a 21. I've never had the 17-year-old before today. We do sell it. I just, you know, can't bring myself to open up expensive whiskey every day and just drink it because I want to be stay in business. And, you know, uh, the 21 I've had, the 12 I've had, this is the first time for the 17, and I really liked it. Hmm. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing to me because I was expecting more like 21, but, you know, it's not that price either. Uh, 
What Bob said. Spice, wood, leather. They're all there. I didn't get the lemon note he got, but I thought it was very well balanced. Uh, pepper and vanilla, definitely there. The sherry, the sherry characteristics from the barrels they used did come out. I think a Macallan guy would love this whiskey. Hmm. Um, it's not as sh- much sherry, of course. It's, it's not 100% sherry. And it was a medium finish and slightly floral. I, I didn't give it a five. I, I'm wavering between a three and a four, but I think I'd have to really go to a three, really. But I, I still like the whiskey. Interesting. Well, uh, this is one of the samples Julian and I didn't uh, actually get to taste, so we'll skip our uh, tasting notes on that. Um, really uh, interesting flight. Um you know, and hopefully, uh, I mean, I learned an awful lot about Japanese whiskey, you know, through this. Well, let's wrap up our uh, segment for today. Um, really great show on uh, Japanese whiskey, even though the whole time she was uh, telling me that my Japanese sucks, right? U-S-U-C-K at the Japanese. That's right. You suck at Japanese, that's for sure. <laughs> the robot is right. <laughs> Well, thanks to our listeners here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, PRX, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. Our trusted radio stations are always expanding, and they're always questioning pretty much every ounce of syllables of Japanese that I've tried to mispronounce all day today, and they're going, cut him off, hit the silence button. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, if you'd like to hear this radio station on your, uh, f- if you'd like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a note. Wrap it around a good box of sushi as well as a Yamaz- Yamazaki uh, 12 and uh, copy us on any of that as well. Listen and get emails anytime. Our, in- our address is info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. I'm just completely butchering this as well, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is at SipSudSmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news as well. Listen, do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. This episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Fine Spirits, Wine, and Liquor. Check out the Enomatic machines to sample great products by the glass, including great selections of bourbon and whiskey. You can reach them online at www.finespirits.net. Well, I want to thank my co-host for being here today. Juliana, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good old boy, Harmeet. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Good old boy, Bob. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, this is good old boy, Mike, asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time.